Welcome to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. I have with me today Dr. Lalit Johri from Oxford University and Gaurav Rastogi from California. We'll be having a discussion on what is the need of the hour for the businesses, especially when the future of work is going to be very different and things around us are changing dramatically and very, very fast. Would the companies be still measuring the return on equity or return on net capital employed, all those kind of financial measures, or they would move into measuring return on education, as Professor Lalit says, because the continuous learning would be the key to success in the future of work as the type of work you do will change. Robotics, AI is all coming into play and the surroundings are becoming hyper dynamic. Hi Lalit. Hi Mahesh, how are you? I'm doing good. Glad to have you back in our program for another interesting discussion. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. And uh, hi, Gaurav. Welcome back to the program. Hello, Mahesh. Hello, uh, Professor Lalit. Uh, really happy to be back uh, and looking forward to continuing our conversation. Hi, Gaurav. And uh, I want to start from uh, where we left in the last episode. So without going too far back, I will start with the uh, uh, what Professor Lalit defined last time, that there are two ends of education. One is the simple ones, the 101s, like Economics 101, Math 101, can be, uh, I would say, automated. And the other end, the important part of learning, critical thinking, self-reflection, a lot of them, which Professor Lalit explained last time. So, and uh, Gaurav, you explained about how learning relearning, unlearning, working, enjoying, all will go together because in the digital age, things are moving very, very fast. And uh, I want to start today's program uh, with one of uh, the important terms which I heard for the first time and given by Professor Lalit called return on education. So we all here in our corporate lives, return on equity, very important measurement and fascinating return on education and this also aligns with uh, the current times as we see especially in executive education or the people who have started working uh, some people invest in continuous learning on a sustained basis it's not the majority but majority finds a barrier to invest in continuous learning on a sustained basis there may be some reason why now, if you look back to what Professor Lalit coined the term return on education, if there was a defined and measurable return on education, or maybe felt by the executive, why would people not do it? They'll definitely do it. But at the same time, the current environment is also pushing in that direction, because if you do not uh, constantly retool yourself, you are losing out to the, to the others in the society who are who are continuously learning and moving faster than you to be in line with the environment. So let me start with you, with your uh, immense experience and in investing in continuous learning on a sustained basis, followed by the concept of return on education. So Mahesh, uh, this is a very good starting point and thank you for uh, uh, making a reference to this little uh, ROE versus ROE, so return on equity versus return on education. And uh, I, I, I mean, I meet hundreds of executives uh, throughout the year from multiple countries and uh, most executives that come to Oxford or I uh, meet them in their own corporations are very smart and they're very good in terms of calculating the return on equity. But uh, when you uh, meet uh, some of their uh, senior HR officials and uh, you ask them a question that uh, your organization is investing uh, lots of money on training and learning and development of 
executives how do you calculate the return on education and you hardly get any answers so often my my own uh, feeling is that uh, a complete lack of understanding on the part of uh, executives about the 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 notion of return on education also uh, reduces the 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 subscription the 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 belief in continuous education on sustained basis so this is one reason that we have uh, a great majority of executives who suffer from uh, barriers to learning uh, some of the more trivial uh, reasons for not willing to learn or not willing to commit time to even uh, read things beyond their industry information is that often um, we find that a lot of uh, senior executives get trapped in the momentum uh, which is uh, mainly driven by the revenue and profit targets so they don't find time and space to think and uh, if things are working then we all suffer from the illusion that everything is working that why change why introduce the new ideas and of course the new ideas only come when you learn and uh, also learning is often triggered by things that are unknown uh, but this is a problem that lot of executives cannot see through their blind spots they just don't know what is coming tomorrow or day after tomorrow or in one year's time or two years time and correspondingly they don't see that there there is no sort of uh, query there is no sort of sense of uh, lacking or sense of tension in terms of taking the next step uh, to find out that oh what is this new trend which is going to happen and and then try to learn something about it mm-hmm. and if i may say so mahesh you have been a senior executives for several decades uh, most senior executives tend to overrate themselves Mm-hmm. because success gives them this sense of uh, a false sense of mastery that they have mastered all the challenges absolutely i agree with you because you are doing the same thing repetitively again and again and you think nobody knows better than you but exactly. then but then there are many different ways to get the same thing done and maybe get better results and and very yeah. very well said lalit return on education so two things which i want to bring in here is in i remember when i was in my mba class they tell you to calculate return on investment that if you're doing an mba how much you should be earning when you should be getting back and paid back payback period for that yes they yes. talk about that and even in 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 the in in the environments in business environments where people send for ed- executive education or something many a times the thought process is number one to retain the employee second that we bother about you and then they also see the return the investment how much money they're spending but yes. what is missing is what you're trying to bring in here is return on education how you are bringing cultural change basis that in the environment how you yes. are starting to think differently after coming from there and impacting the organization to work collectively in a many different ways Yes. you know would you be doing uh, your innovation differently has it evolved into an innovation in your ideas and and that fits in very well with uh, uh, garav you had spoken last time that how this new thinking which we are looking at not the return in terms of just the monetary returns the intangibles of it in an environment where startups are doing such a brilliant job of beating the old established companies because they are following the same processes right we've been um, talking about destruction of traditional concepts and it's very clear that uh, no industry is immune to uh, disruption uh, there is a hyphen tech double doppelganger that every industry has that is out to take their business so if you're a bank you have to be concerned about what fintech companies are doing if you're a hotel you have to be concerned about hotel tech if you're a taxi driver or taxi medallion company owner you have to be concerned about what uber is doing what's yes. happening in every industry is that 
there is no safety in the known anymore. And, uh, and so I come back to what Professor Lalit was saying. If you are satisfied with only that which you know already, then you're, you're living in a false sense of security because change is not only around the corner, the change has already turned the corner and it's in your room and you're dealing with it face to face. So these, uh, you know, the, the days of people saying, I don't want to learn because it's uncomfortable is uh, is very short-lived. Uh, there's no comfort in, in being um, ignorant anymore. The challenge is, uh, like you were saying, Professor Lalit, the momentum of executives and companies in general is that they believe that whatever we were doing 10 years ago as far as education of our employees is concerned is good enough. And it's not good enough. And, uh, and executives, uh, I've, I've been part of executive at program design as well as delivery, as well as participating. And often executives feel uncomfortable exposing their lack of knowledge. And so they do not want to participate in these because it, it shows them out as someone who, who isn't 100% uh, you know, on the top of the mountain, so to speak. And so, uh, so they tend to delegate education to lower down the food chain. And what happens, of course, is people lower and lower in the pyramid might be sent through, in quotes, education. But the people at the top are blissfully unaware of the changes around them. And that is no longer aff affordable to companies, in fact. So I like this term, return on education, because uh, there there is a massive negative return on lack of education. And as long as companies know what that is, they will know that it pays and then some to educate themselves and their employees. Mm. Very and well said. So, uh, yeah, Mahesh? Uh, no, please go ahead, Lalit. Yeah, so, uh, for example, in our school, uh, we are now um, asking a lot of our uh, corporate partners who nominate uh, uh, hundreds of executives to our senior leadership programs and encouraging, encouraging them to calculate the return on investment. So if I can be slightly technical for a minute, I will give you an idea that what is involved in calculating the return on education. So we find... Lalit, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, <laughs> but it's such an interesting subject and I want to listen to the, to, to the full explanation of it. Can we take a short break and we continue on how to calculate it after the break? email an important part of your business? It is for us. That's why Voice America partners with MailJet. MailJet lets us create impactful newsletters and deliver them right to the inbox fast. Microsoft, MIT, and Avis trust MailJet for their emailing and so should you. Go to MailJet.com and use the promo code VOICEAMERICA to start emailing for free today. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 
888-484-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Welcome back. You're listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. I have with me Professor Lalit Johari from Oxford and Gaurav Rastogi from California. And we are having a very interesting discussion on the importance of return on education in tangible ways. There are a lot of things which happen with that. Uh, Professor Johari, uh, you had started uh, when we were finishing the segment one about what are the critical parameters to look at it. Uh, can you please elaborate on that? Yes, so we have developed this uh, small matrix. Uh, just imagine that you have a uh, matrix in which you have four columns and three rows so that gives you about uh, 12 uh, cells. Sorry to be so technical, but it's mm. quick. Mm. So the four columns are the development of intellect. The second column is uh, self-awareness and self-development, more in terms of character and attitude and knowing who you are. The third column is about... Uh, uh, stronger strategic orientation, right? It's about judgment and foresight and vision and purpose. And then this fourth column is about understanding yourself as a leader. And then in terms of three rows, you have impact at the level of uh, the learner, impact on the organization and impact on the society. So if you send 30 people to a program and then after they have come back, after six months after they have finished the program, you engage them in one-to-one -one conversation and try to figure out that uh, what are the, the learnings that have happened in, uh, without telling them that there are 12 cells. Give them an open mind and then you can, uh, you know, uh, do the content analysis of the interview script and then you can populate this 12 cell matrix and you will find that good executive programs will deliver learning uh, across all the 12 uh, cells of course depending on the curriculum of the program and then you have other questions like the application of these learnings and now people start describing the projects and then you ask the supervisors of these uh, uh, executives who came for the executive education program that what has been the impact of these new projects that were started by the by the trained executives and then they begin to go into the financial aspects the market share aspect the competitiveness aspect etc etc so there's a fairly good uh, line of thinking it's not very linear but with uh, with some degree of effort and, and if it's a sort of a joint study in terms of uh, the client, that is the organization which is nominating the executives and the school which is uh, delivering the executive education, designing and delivering, it is possible to calculate the return on education of the, of the executives at all levels. I mean, it's easier to calculate the return on education if you have a program in terms of building functional skills. It's 
more complex if you are running a program on leadership because in leadership only one idea can trigger a massive massive impact inside the organization so uh, but the point that i want to make the fundamental point that i wish to make is that uh, the only way uh, or one of the ways through which the the process of uh, continuous education of senior executives uh, would uh, be established or would become a uh, well accepted norm would be only when uh, both the organizations as well as the schools which are who are designing these programs and delivering the programs see some tangible benefits uh, for the stakeholders at large from this organization and uh, while i was reflecting on uh, the technical side of return on education i also see that there are some uh, other reasons uh, why a minority subset of executives uh, subscribe to the idea of uh, continuous learning on sustained basis so there are many of us who because of the, because of the strength of our character and very curious about things you know we we our uh, child still lives with us just like a child will ask series of question to their uh, to his or her parent that why is it so why why the bird flies and why the tree grows uh, uh, during uh, the spring and then summer months it's all green and then during winter it becomes very bare so i've seen that there is a minority subset of executives who are very curious to know when they observe something they want to know why is it so why is it happening how can i factor in the the built in advantages of uh, this new phenomena in my own uh, context in my organization and often as earlier i think uh, gaurav mentioned that uh, when your uh, role as an executive runs on Uh, multidisciplinary multiple tracks then obviously learning is absolutely required in the sense that uh, as a taxi operator you need to understand the technology you need to understand the regulatory aspects you need to understand the bu- the user behavior you need to understand the pollution aspect or the environmental aspects safety aspects And, and for that reason, uh, education becomes uh, important. Oh, it's so, it is so important. And, and sorry, Lalit, you're saying something. Yeah. So, um, I mean, for many of these sub in this minority subset of executives who are uh, uh, investing in their continuous education. Uh, i have found that they understand the virtues of continuous education very well oh, yeah. and of course in terms of also expanding their network of relationships and uh, friendships uh, which have their own return on uh, investment kind of thing and and yeah. finally i mean most of these uh, executives who are uh, coming to our program i mean we have several senior executives who come to our one program second program third program because they are so uncomfortable with status quo they have so much curiosity that they always want to explore new things and then go back and integrate all the knowledge and apply it in their uh, corporate or or in not not for profit uh, context so my my own feeling is that uh, this world of continuous education is a very exciting place to be in and uh, it's it's also underwriting in a in a or underlining in a way the 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 uh, the, the future of business itself because more educated are the executives greater is the the strength of the organization and it's uh, Uh, citizenship role in the context of society and, and it's good for all yeah it, yeah love you know it's amazing when you're talking and uh, i i liked your uh, all of it but one point just stuck out that power of one idea yes. that how it can change the whole organization and 
Uh, also, the second, uh, the brilliant piece is some people realize the importance of consciously educating themselves and how they're coming repeatedly to the program, learning and applying. And now got to relate it to the new math. When we talked about the five fingers of the hand, the one plus one is now one Steve plus one Steve is not two Steve, it's one apple. Here is one idea is one apple, but definitely there is something else coming with it. And on the other hand, we have discussed also uh, that how uh, uh, with the change in environment, continuously learning has become so important, otherwise you are still, and, and, and Lalit, you have um, given such a nice um, uh, logic to why it is so important for, uh, not a success, I would say for survival in the current environment. Yes. So, uh, Professor Lal, this is Gaurav. Uh, I wanted to build on what you've been uh, what you've been saying in this segment. Uh, the need for self-awareness amongst executives is very high, and of course, that runs all the way up and down the organizational pyramid, or whatever new design of organization there is. Uh, part of the challenge that companies face is uh, a lot of executives uh, have risen uh, by making safe choices and have therefore not failed as much until they reach uh, the very top. And the challenge they're faced with is they're having to now deal with a highly uncertain uh, world and uh, having only made safe choices, they're unable to come face to face with risk. So uh, one of the ideas we explored briefly in a previous conversation, Mahesh and I, was the that, that companies should think of setting up failure gyms Failure gyms in the sense that allowing employees to try things that are knowingly risky and 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 then allowing them and the organization to learn from that so that they're able to handle uh, the ability to take risk. Uh, the analogy to that would be if you never learn how to play with fire, you're going to die hungry because you, you're only eating raw food. So uh, are you seeing that on the executive education side that companies in order to give their executives more self-awareness are encouraging them to take more risks yeah, knowing the risks that they are about to get into yeah that's a great question Gaurav and uh, pretty complex to respond to because there are many uh, I would say culprits here who are responsible for uh, the the lack of learning on the part of employees and then being discharged from their roles and responsibilities and then and then left in the open space to fend for themselves I mean it's become such a, a societal problem and uh, it is something that everybody needs to respond to and uh, uh, there is a way to understand that why is some of the organizations are not taking the learning uh, aspect of or the learning care as I would put it of their employees so the as you, you mentioned earlier the technological disruptions now technological disruptions when they come out of uh, innovation labs the question is how many organizations are willing to incorporate those disruptive technologies in their ongoing uh, business framework technically and commercially as well as from a leadership perspective as well as from uh, employee competency perspective very few so the technological curves are going up and up and up whereas the technological transformation of companies is not growing at the same rate. And in the process what happens, some of the companies fail and, and that's where the employees suffer. So one of the ways so that the employees will be completely in sync with the external trends would be for the companies to accelerate their technological uh, transformation. 
and for that they need to take big risks they need to make investments and we also note that unless the employees and the technologies are in sync the organization is not going to perform well and in order to create this uh, synchronous relationship or the dichotomous relationship between the technology and the employees the hr directors and the senior leadership team must ensure continuous learning of the employees so this is one way to explain uh, the question that you raised earlier and uh, fortunately in the on the supply side of it most of the business schools that i am familiar with of course there is another set of business schools who have not changed from 60s and 70s and 80s but most of the leading business schools in the world are perfectly capable of designing and delivering programs which are a response to emerging trends which have yet not been fully incorporated by the businesses so according to me the the corporate leaders need to work with the business schools understand what are the innovations taking place inside the business schools uh, factor in the business school innovations into their own training and development uh, agenda and simultaneously invest in new technology so i would say that it's becoming some kind of a, a joint collaborative approach or if you want to go even beyond more of a ecosystem based uh, intervention where uh, the 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 knowledge teams will provide you or the the scenario teams will tell you that these are the new trends which are going to affect the business school will design and develop uh, new frameworks and new competencies to deliver programs and impact the training and development of the employees and while the investment the operations people are investing in new technologies the employees will be ready to to sync uh, to find a working relationship with the new technology so let's look at the whole picture in a very dynamic way not take a slice out of the out of the ongoings inside a corporation because if you take the slice of one day's story of a corporation and you make a decision to do the training and development it doesn't work the equation has to be more dynamic the equation must be based on understanding of the ongoing uh, trends which are going to affect organization it has to be based on ongoing innovations in the schools it has to be synced with the new investment plans in new technologies inside the corporation that is how the training and development is going to work in in the next uh, few decades i would say perfect lale that's that's excellent uh, we are right there for a time for break and we'll continue our discussion after the break Is email an important part of your business? It is for us. That's why Voice America partners with MailJet. MailJet lets us create impactful newsletters and deliver them right to the inbox fast. Microsoft, MIT, and Avis trust MailJet for their emailing, and so should you. Go to MailJet.com and use the promo code VOICEAMERICA to start emailing for free today. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events 
to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Welcome back. You're listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. Uh, excellent discussions, uh, Professor Lalit and uh, Gaurav. Uh, let's continue on our chain of thoughts on what we had on return of education, return on education, and sustained learning, and few other topics. Thanks, Mahesh. So, Professor Lalit, uh, uh, what we're seeing is that the world uh, is changing fast, and thanks to automation and AI work requiring routine skills is likely to get automated soon and which means that workers must continue to learn new functional skills and these functional learning courses must be built fast obviously for example data science wasn't even on curricula five years ago but now you must have data science curriculum so functional learning courses must be built fast they must be deployed fast and also discarded fast as as people move on to learning new things. Now, in light of this, how are you seeing educational institutes adapting to both the explosion of new learning technologies on the one hand, and secondly, to the need for a fast-paced digestion of real-world learning needs on the other? So technology as well as content changing. So principally, you are right. I mean... um if the industry is changing, then the the business schools need to be ahead of uh, their own understanding of the world, their own understanding of the new trends which are going to impact the businesses. But I'm little wary of using the word fast. I mean, in education, if you try to develop something on very fast basis, there's a danger that you might offer a very superficial knowledge, which is untested. Now, I don't mind if a non-academic institution uh, puts together a online course on blockchain or fintech or etc. etc. But for well-established universities, uh, uh, I think it's 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 first of all professionally desirable. Secondly from the point of view of ethics of organization. Uh, the education that they offer to the senior executives who are the, the most valuable members or amongst the valuable members of any society must be well researched and proven. And that takes time. That takes investment. So let's uh, put in front of us a, a more general question that what are the implications of rapid changes that are taking place in terms of curriculum development, delivery, and learning and development of the employees? Is that a fair way to frame it, uh, Gaurav? Sure, yes. So, the business schools take time to research. Research is expensive. So, my fear is that... Uh, in order to 
offer the best kind of education to the senior executives and functional ex- uh, functional heads of the functional pillars inside the organizations or senior middle level executives uh, organizations must recognize that it's going to be uh, expensive it's not going to be um, uh, as easy as it used to be in the past because in the past uh, the practices were not moving uh, rapidly so the movement of the knowledge even if it was very rapid a lot of that knowledge was not uh, really applicable to the corporate context so a lot of business school flourished during the age when uh, established knowledge of research and knowledge of 60s and 70s or 80s will find uh, acceptance amongst the uh, the uh, corporations those days are gone if you have to respond to the changing uh, circumstances which you very nicely captured so i would say couple of things first of all uh, the corporations must be very careful in terms of who do they select for uh, delivering and uh, designing and delivering the programs these institutions must have a track record of extensive research and be be only allowed by their own regulators or internal systems to teach knowledge which is proven if not in practice at least through the the application of robust uh, conceptual arguments and uh, research secondly corporations must open their own um, doors and work on collaborative basis to be able to design these programs to be able to deliver these programs thirdly they must recognize the fact that such education is going to be expensive because innovation as you know does not happen uh, by throwing few pennies here and there innovation is a very uh, scientific it's a very sort of Uh, intensive knowledge intensive uh, investment intensive and also process in, 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 in intensive uh, particularly in the domain of educational innovations so the whole mindset of the industry has to change in terms of how they want to value the new education how they wish to help in developing it with the business schools and how they would like to buy it and how they would like to consume it i have also seen that uh, uh, when some of the new themes appeared in terms of uh, the program calendars of the business schools lot of companies jumped on some of these programs but when the trained employees went back to the organization the question was how effectively they the corporations utilize the new learnings of these employees very few they were thrown back into the ongoings inside the corporation now that i would call as a complete waste of money so to be able uh, for the business schools and the corporations to be able to keep pace with rapid changes whether these are technological changes social changes behavioral changes changes in regulatory regimes changes in operating business environments there is a need for a more joint a more collaborative approach rather than the two pillars standing completely independent of each other not paying uh, sufficient insightful in-depth um, uh, views in terms of how it should be designed and how it should be absorbed by the corporations that's that's very good insight lalit now i think on the functional side um i just had a thought earlier we were talking about let's say in in the current environment one is on the executive side but overall in terms of um readiness of a person to perform if you're looking at all level i was thinking about earlier the cab drivers knew the route 
They went, there was no GPS. So the only skill they had was how to drive. And when GPS came, they had to learn how to, to use the GPS. Then comes Uber, how to communicate, how to take the payment online. And suddenly they get savvy at it. So driving is not the only skill you need. So uh, it looks like definitely at, it, it's a tough one at the executive education level because of so many uh, pieces in play. There's a social media, there's no new way of people communicating and 24 hour communication and then the old concepts being challenged, new things coming in, the playbooks changing so fast, but at, the at, at, at a much lower level, at a very important level where things get done, they're also, they have to keep continuously learning, otherwise they can't survive. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, that's, that's probably going to create uh, um, a difference in how people not only learn, definitely we have been talking about continuous learning, so the real world learning is also changing uh, for the people who are either out of school or, or have never been even to the school because of the change in environment, you can't survive without it now. That's true. I mean, uh, see, there is another aspect, a behavioral aspect of the executive life. Uh, I'm not criticizing, I'm not uh, showing any disrespect to the executive community, but uh, how many uh, executives really set aside a formal uh, time for reading and reflections? And uh, that, that to some extent will help us to understand uh, that would it be that in future uh, it will be imperative for the middle level executives as well they need to show a little bit of curiosity about new trends and read something beyond their own industry information. Right. Yeah, and be, and so this is more like a proactivity on the part of middle level executives. And I don't know what can the, the, the organization uh, leadership can do for encouraging reading habits amongst the middle-level executives, but uh, it's not a waste of time according to me. I think you bring in a very good point. I'll be very careful in uh, what I'm going to say now because I don't know how much of social media you can believe nowadays, but I did yeah. see a discussion between uh, Bill Gates and uh, Warren Buffett, uh, so-called two of the most successful people here and what Bill Gates pointed out that what his number one learning from uh, Warren Buffett was was that is exactly what you said uh, he said when I met Warren Buffett for the first time and he made him show his his diary that how many appointments you have it was three or four in the month of April he said this is how he works he doesn't load himself from morning till evening and then when, I, when Buffett was asked that question, he said, yeah, you should be ready to read at least 2,000 pages a day. So he was born into reading there. So very well said, Lalit. And at this point, we'll take a break and we'll continue our discussion after the break. Is email an important part of your business? It is for us. That's why Voice America partners with MailJet. MailJet lets us create impactful newsletters and deliver them right to the inbox fast. Microsoft, MIT, and Avis trust MailJet for their emailing and so should you. 
Go to MailJet.com and use the promo code VOICEAMERICA to start emailing for free today. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. back. You're listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. I am talking today with our guest, Gaurav Astogi from California and Dr. Lalit Jori from Oxford. Gaurav, you had a question. You want to start with that? Sure. Professor Jori, uh, this is Gaurav. Uh, when we, uh, when, when Mahesh and I went to, uh, went to school way back when, uh, the emphasis was on hard technical skills, precision and scientifically accurate skills that uh, that we had to learn and master. But now, now that I live in Silicon Valley, I'm seeing that the emphasis is on a lot more skills in addition to those hard skills. Things like intuition, empathy, sympathy, design, design thinking, uh, and being able to create something based on uh, uh, significant unknowns in a way that's symmetric and and elegant. So there's a lot more emphasis on the, the aesthetics um, part of, uh, of 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 learning, and not merely hard technical skills. Are you seeing that uh, from the education institutions' point of view, and how are you seeing the curriculum evolve in line with this more this new emphasis on design? Good question again. I mean, uh, we've been very lucky here in Oxford in the sense that uh, we have uh, so many Nobel laureates and thought leaders and our own ability to comprehend the world is enhanced by the fact that you can go and sit through the lectures and seminars uh, which are open to the public. Uh, throughout the week so we the business school particularly some of us who are running these senior executive programs designing and running we understood very early that we are not living in a linear world anymore we are living in a world where 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 10 complexities are converging at a point and it is impossible to do the analysis when you have 10 complex trends converging at one point. So we figured out that the executive education must equip the executives with skills which are beyond pure analytical skills for the reason that analysis was simply impossible. And even if you spend too much time analyzing the things, it may be too late by the time you decide what options or what choices you are going to make. 
in our understanding of the world more and more decisions are made in terms of executive judgment more and more decisions are based on values values which are at the interface of human behavior what is good for the society and what is good uh, what is good corporate citizenship more decisions are now based on timing of the decision which is also an aspect of sense making thing and then we also find that in terms of the whole menu we have literally moved away from rational analytical approach to making business decision to a more uh, a complex uh, structure where uh qualitative and quantitative and personal beliefs begin to play a very very important and most of our leadership programs are designed to to uh, deliver these kind of uh, i wouldn't call them skills but uh, i would say uh, cognitive faculties Uh, so that people get the best benefit of the 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 learning when they come to the programs so uh, mahesh has uh, the anchor of this uh, program mahesh joshi himself has attended one such program where uh, even in a class on corporate finance you will have whole lot of issues, society level issues value not the financial value but human value based ideas discussions discussions in terms of uh, what how to prioritize the choices even if you are a corporate finance manager should it be the financial criteria on top or should it be the society on top so the the business schools some of the business schools who are doing extremely well in terms of educating the executives are right in forefront understanding the complex non linear uh, external world operating environment and they are pretty much responding to uh, the 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 complexities the complex nature of uh, cognitive faculties that you require for responding to the changing world now in terms of not only design of the curriculum but also in terms of the the methodology so here in oxford uh, we use multiple types i mean we will talk about leadership using multiple methodologies even discuss uh, shakespeare's methodrama that when henry v was uh, facing the enemy in france uh, what is his whole approach in terms of uh, leading the the troops of the crown and he won a battle which is almost unwinnable on the basis of an analytical process uh, we look at the leadership understanding of the leadership from literature we would uh, invite uh, some of the navigators some of the real life heroes who have lived through the complexity of the world uh, and then we learn from their experiences so the executive education is no longer based on a textbook kind of an approach or it's not based on tools and techniques which are uh, given in most of the books these days it is much more sophisticated it is much more nuanced and it is much more realistic and let me also add here who is in the class is also very important because of the peer to peer learning phenomena so we we ensure that only the best available people are uh, are entering our programs and once you have the best available people in the class then you find that uh, they're all helping each other to learn uh, new things they're all helping each other to to discuss and challenge each other we expect people to come to our programs with huge expectation but with an open mind so that not only that you are challenging somebody else's learning somebody else's way of doing things but you are also willing to be challenged by the others and then of course the 
diversity of geographies, the culture, the occupations, the type of organizations. And our objective is to replicate the real society in the class so that we can discuss the real problems of the world in the most realistic way. Got it. That's, that's wonderful, Lalit. I think uh, that's uh, probably the best uh, explanation I have heard that how you can make it the real world education where you are surrounded by the people, you can learn from them, they can challenge your hypothesis or your fixed ideas, make you develop. And then you are not just learning from the proven principles, you're, you're, you're learning in a very different way. I think that's in line with the current times. Fascinating inputs, uh, Professor Jory. Thank you very much. Yeah, and uh, Lalit, uh, really appreciate it. I know we have come to the end of this program. Uh, I feel like continuing, but uh, here is the time and we have to stop. So, learned a lot uh, that how education is changing and above all, uh, how the real world education is coming into play, at least the way you are executing it and you are, you are, you are leading for others to execute. And uh, I love your term which you gave today, return on education. And I, have, I, I am very fascinated with that, not only in terms of the money, in terms of the intangibles, the how to impact the society and, uh, and your matrix of uh, four columns and three rows. So thank you so much, very fascinating uh, discussions.